Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking about what I said about Jesse Itzler and like how, you know, the top five athletes and what do he say? Like, um, when you play the long game, everything evens out. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I'm like trying to think about that. I'm like, that sounds so good. And like, I, I think in theory, it's still right. Like play the long game, always good. But then I'm like, if that 53 year old went against LeBron James and LeBron actually trained for a marathon and like those top athletes actually trained for a marathon, I'm mm -hmm. like, they would whoop his ass in a marathon. So like he used it against people that have never trained for something. So I'm like, it sounds cool, but like also if they train for that, you're getting smoked by all the athletes he listed. Yeah. That, that's kind of the way I was looking at it. Like when you said that anyways, <laughs> yeah. was like, everyone's probably like, yeah, it's kind of a stupid thing to say. Like I, th no, like I think, I think when he said it, he probably didn't mean like, like he probably understood that if like LeBron James trained for a year to right. run a marathon, like it wouldn't be the same, you know? Right. But Maybe. <laughs> but then I, like now that we talk about that, like I wonder, like big people aren't known to run marathons. Yeah. Like I wonder if LeBron could actually well, run a marathon. Yeah. He's probably not the best example. Yeah. Those guys aren't made for that. No, man. Like even like David Goggins is a big marathon runner. Mm -hmm. Like he said, when he goes to a lot of those meets, he's like a giant, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think even I'm a somewhat bigger marathon runner but i'm slim so it's not that bad i'm not yeah. 200 pounds or anything yeah for sure um, um when you were so we were just talking before this uh, this just randomly came to mind you were telling me you something clicked with a student of yours that you were training kickboxing and yep. he just had an awesome session yeah uh, it's funny after class this week after i was teaching fundamentals jujitsu um one of the students came up after and she's like i have to tell you this i um because last week we were doing Ezekiel chokes. Like yep. we, we ended the, the sequence with an Ezekiel choke. And um, so it's basically just using your sleeve to choke somebody, whether you're wearing a gi or a, a leather jacket. And she said she had a dream that night that there was like a street fight and she was in an altercation and she remembered to like no Ezekiel way. choke the person. Man, usually in a dream, like you're just in slow motion doing some yeah. bullshit. So that, I don't know if it was a lucid dream, but that... To me, that means that it really sunk into her subconscious and yeah. she was thinking about the technique we did. Damn. Because to think of that in a dream and remember, well, that's yeah. pretty crazy. I can't even throw a cross in a dream, let alone pull oh, off man. an Ezekiel. There's nothing worse than throwing punches in a dream. <laughs> yeah. And it's a slow motion. Because sometimes yeah. like you're like you're a savage and you're like throw, like beating the shit out of someone. But 99% yeah. of the time, it's a fight dream. Yeah. I'm in slow motion getting my ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Yeah. And they say that, you know, when you're learning a language, if you have a dream and you're you speak that language in your dream it means it's sinking in and right that's something i experienced one time when i was like communicating in portuguese in my dream okay, okay. i wasn't like saying a bunch of you know really intelligent stuff but I, there i was saying something about like drinking milk and i was speaking in portuguese uh, and i was like fuck shit's happening yeah no shit so you're <laughs> still doing that eh yeah 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 i can um i can have like basic conversations in portuguese damn yeah, but like very, like pretty basic, like mm, pretty right. rudimentary. Like, how are you? Like, do you want to go for a walk? Exactly. My and name's I can, this. I can comment on things, but still, if I, um, if I'm trying to listen to people that are just talking at their normal pace, right. I'll pick up like one in every 
five to ten words they're saying, and then I have to piece it together. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I hear keywords. Yeah. Like, oh, I heard walk. I heard slow. Like you know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. And then you're kind of like, okay, they're talking about walking slow on the weekend, right? Even though they said like fifty different words. There, right. You know? Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy, so. man. Learning a new language is no fucking joke. That's daunting. One of the biggest things about it too is. Um, learning to get the confidence to actually say it mm. because you might kind of know it but then when i have a facetime with my girlfriend's mom and you actually she's looking at you and you have to communicate back right because she does, does does she not speak a lick of english correct yeah wow so and same with her brother that i got to hang out with in new york right like he doesn't speak anything and so you have to you could know it and do your duolingos and read it and write it but if you don't have the confidence to actually try to communicate it like you're never going to get anywhere. So you right. have to just be like, look, I probably sound dumb. Right. Probably sound, you know, I'm pronouncing words wrong, but huh. you just have to like try. Right. You know? Is that like the same as like sparring? It's like you can hit the bag all you want and like work on techniques, but like to actually apply it in like a sparring, it's like yeah. you have to just have the confidence to try to throw it. Yeah. Some people are so hesitant. They're kind of scared. Yeah. You know, leave yourself open a little. Yeah. I was trying to get a little martial art thing. In there. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you, I see what you did there. <laughs> So what else is up, man? Um, I had one thing on my mind. Again, I know I'm going to be going off with David Goggins, but that guy's dropping fucking wisdom. I, I actually thought about doing this. Um, almost like, like I love these pizza reviews and I like burger reviews. I like watching them. And I, what I like is that nobody ever gives anything a 10 out of 10. Like I like that prestige of like, if something's in the nine, like you need to go there and try this. I was thinking with books, it'd be kind of cool with all the books that I read, even on a story, like no write up, just, just rate it out of 10. You know, mm -hmm. this book, 7.2, you know, 8.9 and just like rate all the books for people. Mm -hmm. And it'd just be fun for me to think back. Like, okay. Did this book actually impact me? Like, did I cry in it? Did I laugh? Was I like being inspired? Yeah. Um, and just like start rating. So I might do that. But, yeah. um, the David Goggins book, the reason I keep talking about it, like that's, it's in the nines for sure. Yeah. It'll be a top five book all time. It just showed up on my doorstep like an hour ago for my girlfriend. Which I one just, can't, can't hurt me. Okay. Yeah. Has she read the new one or no? no? I just, that one showed up at my okay. dad's doorstep two days ago. Nice, my nice. shit still goes to his place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have never finished now, but the thing I was thinking about, like with martial arts and we've kind of talked about this before. If you, if you and I just started martial arts and we've never trained in our life and we went to MMAC and we like looked up and you know, we see that quote with the black belts, how it's like one in every 100,000 or whatever it 10, is. 10,000. Yeah. One out of every 10,000 become a black belt. Mm-hmm. So, and you look at that and then you see the belt ranking, you kind of see all the curriculum, like it would be overwhelming. It'd be daunting to like, look at yourself where you're at now and to actually picture yourself becoming a black belt. That's why I like how, instead of thinking like, holy shit, black belt's terrifying. I think you and I were both like, it was almost out of the question. Like, we're not even thinking about the black belt. Mm -hmm. We're like, let's get our yellow belt. Mm -hmm. So you, you shrink a big daunting goal. So you have this like mountainous task and you have to break it down for it to be like realistic or like, um, not realistic, but, uh, more plausible. And, um, with the marathon, I'm doing that as well. And again, David Goggins talked about this. Like he said, um, with the pull-up challenge, most people, when you say I'm about to break the world record with pull-ups, I'm going to do over 4,000 pull-ups in 24 hours. Most people are like, holy shit. But then watch this. If he says, I just have to get. Um, oh, I used to keep looking at that. So instead he says, um, every minute I have to do six pull-ups. That doesn't seem so bad. Mm -hmm. But if I said 4,000 pull-ups in 24 hours, it's like, holy shit, man. No, yeah. no, no. It's just six pull-ups every minute. Yeah. 
that's pretty easy. You do your six pull-ups, mm -hmm. you get like half a minute to chill and just rest. And then you do it again and again mm -hmm. and again for 24 hours. So with this marathon thing, like sometimes I'm like, God damn, man, like 42.5 kilometers. It's a long time. And yesterday I ran for a full hour and I just wanted to see what my body would do in, in running for an hour. And then I just, I went home and I started like breaking it down. And I'm like, if I want to get around like a four hour pace, um, I would need to run. I, I think every hour I need to hit 10.5 kilometers. So I, I know I can run for an hour already pretty easily. Like I wasn't that, wasn't that bad. So I just need to do that three more times. Mm -hmm. But then you break it down even more. And I'm like, I think it came to like, if I can run a kilometer in five minutes and 30 seconds, which I know I can, but, a, but keeping that pace up is going to be really challenging. I think I can get below four hours. So I'm, I'm going for that. But then it takes this 42 kilometer daunting task of, it just looks like a mountain. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, um, every hour I need to do 10.5 kilometers or every kilometer needs to be under six minutes. And now you're just shrinking it and just be becoming more realistic or doable, mm -hmm. you know? And when we started the BMT, it wasn't even like, okay, our sights are set on yellow belt. It was more like, let's, let's learn this technique and let's do it flawlessly right. by the end of class. Right. So it's like, break it down even more. Exactly. But with your marathon, even if you, um, so you're focused on a, you're not necessarily just focused to finish this you're focused on keeping a certain pace yeah because yeah. i know i can finish a marathon yeah. if i fuck the dog and walk and just mm -hmm. you know chill yeah i can i can do a marathon yeah. but can i do it in a matter of time mm -hmm. that's where it gets a little scary yeah i wonder how it translates when you're recording currently on a tr on a treadmill as opposed to you know knocking your knees on the ground like yeah it'll be different for sure yeah. and i will do outdoor runs just not yeah. right now yeah, it was slick right as shit yesterday. oh man it's pure ice but it's funny. So I, I went to do the run yesterday and I'm like, uh, I, I still have that throbbing blister on my heel. I think it might've been infected, but I, so I went to the gym and I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to run. Mm -hmm. So I put the blister bandaid, a heavy duty bandaid. Then I wrapped it with athletic tape. Then I put my sock, then my shoe went to the gym. I'm like, Hey, five minutes, just go for five minutes. So I went for five minutes. It was stinging. And then I went for 15 minutes. It was stinging more 25 minutes. It went numb. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going. Mm. So I went for an hour. Nice. Yeah. Damn. And it feels fine now. Yeah. I was like, Hey, like, don't be a fucking idiot. Like if this yeah. could make it way worse, but bro, honestly, it, it feels better today than it has in the last three days, man. The human body is insane. Insane. Like, um, even when I, I hang from my bar, like I've been doing yep. sometimes the first grip it's like fuck this hurts my hands like this is a struggle mm. and then after a while it's like your body's just like your adrenaline's going and the pain goes and you're like okay like i could hang for right. a long time now interesting or getting a tattoo the first 15 minutes suck yeah. and then your body just goes into this like survival mode and you can just take it it's like it just tries to protect you from pain hey like i feel like your brain's good at just coming up with chemicals to like numb certain pain yeah. You know, it's, certain traumas. It's all, it's like with trauma too. Like if you get verbally abused or something, I feel like your brain can just stuff it in the back burner. It'll mm -hmm. probably come out in other areas of your life, but yeah. I feel like, yeah, your brain's pretty good at just like numbing certain pains. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that was, that was my run yesterday. Yeah. Um, and then I was, we were talking before this, so you're holding pan or holding pans, <laughs> <laughs> holding pads. So like, are like, do you think in the next couple of weeks you could throw a light punch or like not a even light close, punch, but it's not even, but I, I'd be careful. Like, yeah, even when I like, I'm doing demos like with Chris in the morning yeah. and showing demos, I'm like just touching and yeah. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't feel stable. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to fuck with the hands. Yeah. Um, 
I just seen before I picked you up. Conor McGregor got hit. He was biking and he got hit. Because, you know, he always like bikes. Yeah. Like he's trying to be, you know, in Mr. Endurance. But somebody came up and um, like the sun was in their eyes. They didn't see him and they hit him. No. He, he, he's okay. Okay. Like, I don't think it was very serious. Damn. No, I didn't see that or hear about it. Yeah. Picture you <laughs> running on ice. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to be careful, man. Like I was thinking about when I run to Warman, some of those, like the... Um, Warman Road, right past the chemical plant. Yeah, it's a narrow road. Oh yeah. I know there's a trail to the right, but yes. it cuts off once you hit Wanaskewin. That little grid road to Wanaskewin. So that's what I was gonna ask. On that run to Warman, are like, are you gonna run in the shoulder of the highway? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna run head-on traffic. Though. Okay. Yes. I'm not yes. fucking letting those oh, assholes sneak up behind me. Because if I go head-on and they they're like on their phone, Dude. I can like dive out of the way. I can exactly. see them coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. You imagine. Oh man. Fuck. I wouldn't go with them coming behind me. Like, no. Fuck. No. I don't yeah. want anyone coming behind me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to touch on that that I that I, I find interesting. And I wish I would remember, this is the thing I'm going to be, I'm going to be making a lot of mistakes, but I'm going to be learning a lot as well. This guy, he said, you know, and I've talked about this 80% of your runs should be easy. And then he's like, how do you figure out if it's easy? And he gave this calculation. It was like 180 minus your age. That'll give you the heart rate that you stay below. Man, I just, I just read this yesterday in my book breath. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, um, Oh, remind me of breath. Okay. So yeah, 180 minus your age equals the, the heart rate you should be at for an easy run. So mm -hmm. mine, I think was four, uh, 46, 146. So 146, if my heart goes above that, I'm probably pushing it too hard. Mm -hmm. So he said for, for marathon prep, like give yourself, um, like a one hour run, like I did, but mm -hmm. don't worry about distance. This isn't the goal to like try to break records and like think about distance. Just think, can you run at an hour with your heart rate below that? Mm -hmm. And so my heart rate was at 143 the whole time. When I first started running, when I was thinking about a marathon, I did a, I did like a 45 minute run at, at the same pace that the treadmill was at, but my heart rate was like average, I think 153. So I'm, I can tell I'm getting in better shape because mm -hmm. my heart rate's like getting lower and lower. Yeah. Um, but then with the breath, so when I, I ran for an hour yesterday, my, I, I think 80 to probably closer to 90% of that run was all nose breathing. Mm. I'm trying to save that big windpipe for the end when yeah. I need it, when I'm like, <sighs> like dying and grasping for air. Mm. So I'm like, man, if I can run a full hour, just nice and calm heart rate low, then I can like make sure that I'm like, I got my my uh reserve fuel mm -hmm. for the final push exactly so yeah i'm doing a lot of nose breathing and just like watching my my heart rate yeah man that that's exact and i was aware of this before this book but i just started like a few days ago that breath book from james yeah uh, yeah james, nectar james, james nestor. nestor james yeah. nestor and yeah it so far like whatever i'm only i've only had three sessions in but it's it's just like catastrophically important to nose breathe and not be a mouth breather Isn't that crazy for many many reasons yeah but it talks about for sports performance or just everyday life like mm. it's night and day the types of negative consequences that come from being a mouth breather right. whether you're it's sleep apnea whether it's you know potential for disease and potential for your teeth shifting and just potential everything. for getting a mate as well i think i saw a video of andrew huberman say one of the most unattractive things is a mouth breather like let's say you're at a date and you know this girl looks across from you and you're just 
Like it looks like you're struggling just to exist. Yeah. So I, I think he was saying like, <laughs> like literally just shut your mouth and breathe in yeah. your nose. Yeah. Like it looks like you're like a, a pug. Yeah. Like you ever look at a pug versus like another dog who's yeah. chilling? Yeah. Like I'll look at Layla and half the time her mouth is closed and she's, yeah. And you look at a pug and like, <laughs> doing this yeah. shit and you're like, man, chill the fuck out. Yeah. You had a heart attack. Like I don't know CPR. Yeah. And, and the, the difference in the amount of oxygen you get breathing through your nose as opposed to your mouth. Yeah. It's like, it's like 15 times more oxygen or something. Yeah. That that's get. a weird thing. Yeah. You, yeah, you get more oxygen, but I don't know how, because it feels like when I go, like I take more in, but is it just because it's shallower? Like you, like maybe it might be, like it I might seem if, like more air, but it's not necessarily more oxygen. I don't oh, know if it's the way we filter it. through. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I'm not science. <laughs> yeah. Not there yet. I, I can't break it down yet. But huh. uh, anyways, it's, it's one of those things where, again, I, I just started this book, but if, um, if you can just take the principle out of it, it's like, okay, good nose breathe, bad mouth breathe. Mm -hmm. Perfect. You don't necessarily have to break down what's happening behind the scenes and the, oh, the physiology behind it. That's my world, man. Like yeah. I, I just saw, so I'm at 64% recovery rate, which is good because I did push it a little bit harder yesterday. Yeah. So I was expecting it to be a little bit lower, but my, the whoop strap is showing like a bunch of sleep cycles. And one of them is like SWS deep sleep. The mm -hmm. other one's REM sleep. So REM sleep is better for like restorative, um, like memory, cognitive function. SWS sleep is better for body and muscle recovery. Okay. Um, I got pretty even on both of them, but then Aaron's like, what does the SWS mean? And I was, I was gonna like, say the same thing. I don't care. It just means body good. Yeah. Yeah. I get more of this means body good. If I get more REM means brain good. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> like, but it, I think it just means, um, cause we did Google it. It was like, um, slow something sleep, slow something SWS slow. I, f I forget what it is, but yeah, something to do is slow. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it's yeah. just a different cycle of deep sleep, not mm -hmm. deep REM, but a different form. Yeah. But yeah, one's better for brain. One's better for body. Who knew? That's, that's one thing that always interested me with, um, um, what's that doctor whose books I read, like the, you are the placebo. Oh, Dispenza. Joe, Joe Dispenza, Dispenza is, that's something that I always found fascinating is the different, um, states of brain waves, mm. you know, like the alpha, the beta, the, theta. the, the beta, theta, yeah. delta. And like, yeah. it, it's just really interesting how we're just like radio is in a sense and how yeah. differently our consciousness is affected in different right. times of the day. And, mm. but yeah, it's a trip. It'd be yeah. cool to have some kind of like whoop thing that like would track like what state you're in. Yeah. You and that's what they would do when they would do these tests is they'd hook people up to these like brain scans. Right. But like have like, that without walking around with wires popping exactly. like, looking like exactly. Frankenstein. There's probably a way because speaking of technology and crazy shit like that, have you heard of chat GPT? No. It's like an AI thing that just came out in November. No. Okay. This is, this is pretty crazy. So I first heard about it. We just had a Remax meeting last week and um, in our internal meeting, they, they brought this up and how it can affect real estate. So, um, if I list your property, I, you know, I, I get photos done and I need to do a write up for your property for online. Um, it's time consuming, you know, sitting down and like thinking about, okay, welcome to one, two, three fake street, you know, mm -hmm. look at this beautiful, um, whether it's you doing it or your assistant, it, it takes time and energy. Um, so with this new chat GPT, you can pretty much go to this, this website. It's, it's a form of AI. 
um, artificial intelligence and you can say, hey, here's the link to the pictures of this house, do a write, a real estate write-up and it'll just instantly start typing a write-up for this property and based off the photos and it's better than you or your assistant could ever do. Mm, like as far as like it just writes such a good write-up, like it knows how to like get your attention well or like what? It, it, exactly. And you could never tell like that it was wow. some, it's not chunky and slow. Damn. And here's the crazy thing about it. Take it a step further. You could say write up a, a write-up for this real estate listing, but do it in storytelling form. Mm. And then it'll say, you know, drive up the windy road to this beautiful oasis in Beverly, wow. whatever. And it, or you could say, do it with like an accent. Um, apparently a lot of accents always help, man. People just think it's made of money. (laughs) Give it a British accent. They're like, yeah, let's buy this one. Yeah. Um, a bunch of university students are using this to, to write essays. Now you can write complete essays. Are they there? And that's not allowed though. It's not allowed, but it's such a new technology and you, you and me can go, you could type into Google chat GPT right now and you can go on. Anybody can access this. But the only thing is, it's so backed up because so many people right. are using this right now. Well, you can't even get in. Damn. Because well, I tried and it's like, sorry, we're at capacity. No shit. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking even for like fucking social media influencers, you know, how quick it would be to be like, oh, I just did a, a marathon prep run. Like, can you write up a post about like my marathon prep? Like, I wonder if it would be able to. Dude, totally. It can do fucking anything and yeah. I'm just getting started. So. I heard Jordan Peterson touch on it. It, It's just funny how things relate and come to you at the same time. Cause like a day after I I heard about it, I was, I think it was the, I don't know if this PBD podcast, I was on a podcast and they played a clip about Jordan Peterson talking about this chat GPT. And he said he was a little skeptical. So he went and tried it out. Luckily he could get in at the time. And, um, he's like, okay, write a 13th because Jordan Peterson has the 12 rules for life his yeah. book he's like write me a 13th rule that's relevant to my content and I don't remember the two things he added on just to really challenge it right. but he was like do it in from a pirate's perspective based in like 1930 <laughs> timeline or something Fuck, that's man. not what he his example was but yeah, it was yeah, something yeah. so ridiculous and it instantly just starts you can see typing it like ahoy matey whatever oh and it's God. so like brilliant and if you're good with um like grammar and literature and and essay writing and like just communication format you no will flaws. be like ridiculously impressed by this and you're like how is it wow. ha- adding this like little taste of personality into it that's incredible man like i i think i they touched on it in another episode i was but they were talking about like could you imagine once they get them to like a stage of like being able to debate or like argue points for you you will never win they have, they just have more information and facts to throw at you. So while you're thinking like, oh, like kind of stuttering over your, like a Ben Shapiro, yeah. like imagine him going head to head with like a robot and it's instant too, or, or destiny, the, the left version of, yeah. uh, Ben Shapiro. And here's the crazy thing within the next, I think like six to eight weeks, it's supposed to get like 500 times better. That's yeah. We, that we're, we can't compete with that. And like, it's, it's like, people are like losing it over this new technology now and yeah in two months it's supposed to be like Bro, night and day better it's, it's like inevitable how, how it's inevitable man yeah. it's coming like i don't know what i don't know where we're gonna be in 10 20 years yeah. but man it's just like you can't stop that train it's already le- it's already yeah. gone speaking of debaters for a second this reminded me of something i heard recently so you know how yeah there's debate groups people in universities who are just professional de- debaters right yeah. um neil degrasse tyson mentioned this and i wasn't aware of this but 
these debaters, they don't go into it debating something that they necessarily believe in. They're giving the topic of what they're going to debate directly before the debate starts. So without them having to believe it, basically they're just professional arguers because mm -hmm. they just, okay, give me this topic. I'll debate it and argue my life away for yeah. it. And the crazy thing is a lot of these, the best debaters that come out of universities, they become lawyers. And a lot of these top lawyers be, go into Congress. Mm. So it's just the most persuasive people yeah. who are the most elite arguers are who don't have to do it with a cause are the ones who make decisions for us right. in a lot of cases. And, you know, if there's lobbying behind it, if there's incentive, financial mm. incentive for them, they can argue any point. Right. And they're the ones who, you know, stamp the paper for how our lives go. And it makes sense because like when you're, when you're going to school to learn how to debate and not necessarily to like have strong values or opinions on certain things, you're almost like meant to be like, um, like water, like Bruce Lee said, be like water physically, maybe mentally too. He meant, I'm sure he did mean that, but now these guys are almost like be like water in your debate. Like whatever their, whatever mm. your job is to debate, even if you don't agree with it, your mind just goes, Ch -ch -ch, all right, let's go. I'm just going to fucking go this, go down this road. Even if I don't believe it or like follow yeah. the principles in my family life, yeah. I'm just going to win this argument. Exactly. It's not about right or wrong. It's about winning. Exactly. That's how it is. That's politicians, man. <laughs> fucking rats. Crazy. Fucking um, rats. To switch it up. Can I, we, we kind of touched on this, um, in that, in the, the old lost files, the lost episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to throw, th throw this out there. Um, probably the worst advice I've gotten. I just want your reaction and I, maybe we can play with this idea a bit. Sure. So years ago, somebody I looked up to <laughs> and respected. like that the rapper who froze in <laughs> years ago when he tries to freestyle rap. And they give What's that from so he's he's the he's the black guy that oh. he was like he was a he was a pastor or something but he like rapped he freestyled oh, his, his, bro, like, that's his like so preachings. awkward man that's and, so awkward and yeah the girl was like well do you want to do like a rap for us and like I think the first thing he said was like years ago and then he kind of nods his head and then nothing comes to him and it's just oh, a, yeah they, then she's like well, do you want to read some from your book <laughs> he's like sure that's one of the most uncomfortable videos, oh the most cringeworthy God. videos you could ever watch. It's bad. This guy is on this talk show and yeah, he's promoting his faith books. Like yeah. he, he's, he's a preacher, yeah, but he, he also raps. Yeah. And well, he, like, he, oh. I think he freestyles his, his, like his, um, what do you call it? Sermons? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was a sermon. Right. She's like, so you want to share a sermon? He's like, yes. And you could tell he's very uncomfortable. Yeah. He's, and he's like, I'm like, yeah, I'll freestyle. And she's like, oh, he's going to freestyle a sermon. Okay. Yeah, and they're all excited. <laughs> and the camera's on years ago. And he's just like sweating. Nothing. You know that uncomfortable face that oh, fuck. like when you're really, really uncomfortable and like oh, you can yeah. try to smile, you can whatever, but you could see behind <laughs> yeah. the face of like, yeah. this is awkward. <laughs> yeah. Like this person is not comfortable. Oh man. It's hard to watch. Fuck, it's very dude. uncomfortable. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> years ago. Um. <laughs> <laughs> somebody I looked up to, somebody I respected said, said some advice and, um, I thought they were joking and then oh, yeah, I realized you, you that, that they were being serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so he said, he said, you know, we were out for coffee and he said, there's a few people there. There's a group of us. And he said, you know, those who die, no, he who dies with more toys wins. 
That's so funny. Meaning, right? like, if yeah. you have a truck and a quad and a boat yeah, and well, two houses. Watches, rings. Like, you, you, material want, you want it life. Yeah. You, you did it. That's that's what counts. What do you think about that? I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's just fucking obvious. Like, you, you like you hear any of the, the wise words from anyone of any era. And they say that's the la- that's the the <laughs> the last thing that matters on your deathbed. Yeah. Nobody on their deathbed is like, man, I'm so glad I had more snowmobiles than John over there, fucking loser. <laughs> like everyone's like, fuck, I wish I didn't buy so much bullshit yeah. and spent more time doing yeah. like you know. So yeah, insane advice. It was a pivotal moment where I started looking at that person a little different, and yeah. I was like, oh, I thought you were gonna start laughing after you said that. Oh my I was like, god. That's, and the, the the thing about you know who who said that is, there's somebody that doesn't have a lot of community, friends, social life. Oh, weird. Um, and experience, you know, like n- not much happens there, yeah. and I was just like. It was kind of sad. I was kind of like, huh. like it was kind of sad to hear that, you know. Man, you know what? That reminds you of something. Um, I don't even know where I heard this, but um, they were talking about hell, and they said, uh, it kind of goes with that. But let's say, um, if you were going to hell, you died and you went to hell. But before you went to hell, you got to sit down with God, whatever you know. I don't care if you're religious or not. Just play, go along with it. You're sitting down with whatever your God is, and He sits you down, and He basically shows you and allows you to feel what you could have been if you made the choices of like you know following the things you knew you should have followed but instead you chased money and bought snowmobiles and possessions and like didn't care about like meaningful things so he basically shows you what you could have done like this is your this is you at your potential but yet this is what you became like why did you keep choosing the easy path and then she just sends you to hell with that in mind (laughs) Like that's hell. I, I started. And I he was, pulls the lever and you just drop. Yeah, bro. I was taking a bath yesterday and I was just picturing like, man, like imagine if like, I don't know. It's like you just don't go for your dreams and you just kind of like I, I'm. Just, I was picturing when I was in the bath thinking about this. I'm like, imagine if I, if I didn't do van life. And I just kept working and like selling cars and pouring concrete and just owning all the stuff that I did. And I just stayed on that path. And I just, I got married and I had kids and I just kept working that job. And I was like, oh my God, like that to me is hell. And so if I'm sitting with God and he would show me like the, the end point of that path versus the path I knew I should have taken. He's like, like you'd be in just, uh, polar opposites. What do you think would be, let's say you did that. Let's say you didn't follow your gut and you did what you said you did. Like worked that shitty job, did your thing, went against what you knew was right. When you were 60 years old, what do you think the biggest difference in you and in your life would be? If I, if I didn't do the van life thing and I just went on the path of. Yeah. If yeah. you didn't listen to yourself and you right. stuck at that job, you hated and you just do you know what? that mortgage you hated and. I think that I, my character would fault a lot and I think I would rely, I think I would be a bit more of a liar, a bit more of a cheater. I would probably numb myself with more TV. I I would want to try to drown the fact that I knew damn well I didn't choose the right path. And I think a lot of people might do that. Like when, once you go down and you're that far in, it's like, you just start to like, I don't know, try to silence that in any way whether it's with drugs tv um you know you're cheating on your wife or something you're just i don't know i i feel like something bad would happen with my character mm-hmm. because i knew i i lied to myself i knew i didn't make the right choice 
And so I think I would just try to like stuff that in some way and it would just blow up in another way. I think so too. I think your personality would be a lot different. I think you'd be a little harder around the edges, like a little more bitter of a person. Yeah. Yeah. A little more bitter. bitter, Yeah. 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 Yeah, a little more like hate in your heart. Yeah, uh, a little, a little more like uh, envy towards others. Yeah, you know, as opposed to like, I think when I'm on the path that I'm on now, if I see someone succeed, I'm kind of like it fuels, it fires me up. I'm kind of like fuck yeah, like respect. Yeah. Whereas if I didn't do that, I think I'd be like fuck that guy got lucky. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, you start to think That's that way. So yeah, I, I think I think my character would just become less and less. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's a good yeah. question though. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of scary. Like when you think about hell, I'm like, man, that that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like Goggins, like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's who I heard it from. Um, he was saying he brought up the time when he first decided to start running and lose this weight to make the Navy SEALs. So he's 290 pounds and he's like, I'm going to run five miles. Didn't even make it a mile, ran a quarter mile, came back, got a chocolate milkshake, cried on the couch and just drank that thing. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if right then he actually did just stop and quit and just kept going to his old job where he's spraying exactly. cockroaches? Man, David Goggins right now would be an overweight person that nobody knows. Nobody. Mm-hmm. But because he chose the other path, millions of people know him. Millions of people run because of him. Millions of people better their lives because of him. Mm-hmm. He's got books. He's happy himself. Um, he's healing a lot of his trauma. He's helping his mom heal, like literally changing his life, but then millions around him because he chose the right choice. Mm-hmm. He knew damn well <laughs> that sitting on the couch chugging milkshakes isn't the right choice. Yeah. So yeah, I remember him saying that. I'm like, man, that's, that's intense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It'd be crazy if God just sat you down and just showed you the two and then just cranked the lever and sent yeah. you to hell and you just sat there <laughs> thinking about like, fuck, I should have made those choices. Well, a bunch of little elves have lighters up to your skin, just burning <laughs> yeah, you yeah. in many different spots. <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, yeah, lying to yourself is, might be the worst thing you could ever do, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another thing I thought about. I want to do this when I have kids. I think it's cool. Um, I don't know how I'm going to word this, but basically it's like, um, it's like a way to um, score or just not always be influenced and like, um, manipulated so easily. You know, I, uh, I don't know what better example than like, you know, let's say maybe the vaccines. Like I think when they first came out and you asked a lot of people, they would be like, you know, if like what's, they'd be like, Oh, they're, they work for sure. Um, but that certainty, like you can never be a hundred percent. So like what I'm getting at is if you had kids and they start to say like, Oh, a hundred percent, to actually get them to think like, are you sure? Like give a proper rating or a percentage of what you think is actually predictable. The reason I'm laughing is because Natalia is so bad at that. She always says a hundred percent. Like she'll be helping clients and they're like newcomers here. They're trying to get a job and she's like, Oh, like, don't worry. Like I'm a hundred percent sure you're going to be okay. (laughs) And then I'll be like, babe, you can't say that. Like you're not certain that they're going to be okay. Like bro, even like if if somebody asked me like, like is Ryan right in front of you? I'd be like, I'm 99.9% sure he's right in front of me. (laughs) The 0.001% might think that this is an assimilation and I can't, I don't know if you're real or not. Like I'm 99% sure the moon is an actual moon and not just a flashlight of a big giant in this black sky. Yeah. Like earth, is it flat or round? I'm 99% sure it's round. So he, he's training you to basically have your kids 
like rate things, whether it's out of one to 10 or like a percentage, but that way they're, they're never like just jumping on the next thing. Like, Hey, look at these vaccines that we kind of rushed out. Do you want one? hundred percent. Sure. Are you sure? Does it come with a cheeseburger? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So yeah, like I kind of just like that idea of like at an early age, if you could kind of like just stop them from always just going head over heels for things mm-hmm. like hundred mm-hmm. percent. Okay. Give me an actual rating. Mm-hmm. Is it 79%? It's like the pizza reviews. There's no 10 out of 10s. Mm-hmm. He has never given a 10 out of 10. It's like, a, I think 9.6 is the highest <laughs> rating he's given. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably never give a 10 because yeah. it could never be fucking perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I kind of like that idea of just like, and I've been guilty of it too, man. Sometimes you see something, whether it's, I don't know, whatever, just something that I maybe already believe. And then somebody reinforce it. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. hundred mm-hmm. percent. But I'm like, Hmm, maybe that guy's being paid as well. Maybe that guy's doesn't have all his facts. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. like, maybe there's something afoot here that I can't see. Mm-hmm. I'm 90% sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I kind of like that. I think that's good, man. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I have more like probably some rapid fired shit again. Yeah. I have some little topics written down. That's not maybe anything super deep. That'll take us too far, but Rapid fire. Should we go with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, one more thing. That this this is the one that might be um, a little bit longer, but it might lead into something. This is another topic that I brought up and then we, I think it was right when we lost our episode. Okay. So I'll try to summarize it. Maybe it's an opportunity for me to just articulate it a little better. Sure. <clears throat> um, I'm in the game. I'm in the rap game. I know it's happening. Maybe you not so much. Oh, yeah. I asked you this, if you were aware of who YSL is and what a RICO case is. Right. Um, no, I yeah. didn't. <laughs> okay, so there's this this rap group called YSL. The, the, the biggest members in it are Young Thug and Gunna. And, um, Gunner or Gunna? <laughs> Gunna. <laughs> and um, there's, a, there's a RICO case on them right now. I, I don't remember what it stands for. Racketeering-influenced... Um, something okay it's basically where it's a new um it's something that they can charge you with that came in the late 70s where if you're affiliated with a gang for example and they somebody in the gang like murder somebody everybody that they can prove who is affiliated in this gang can go down and um the only way you can let's say there's 20 gang members the only way you can get out of it is if you have like a plea deal and you like snitch on the one who actually did it mm. and then they'll let you out and they're just they're trying to like keep the main kingpin in there right so if if nobody rats you're all in jail if people start ratting people start getting out you're like okay they ratted to get out that's the only way they could get out it's called a plea deal okay and then the person who's responsible stays in jail so um again this is what happened i think with takashi 69 is yeah he basically paid like a new york blood gang so that he could be affiliated with them and hang out with them and have them in rap videos and they would be cool with it with him like representing their blood sanction gang and then when that gang actually went down for some serious criminal offenses they could prove that Takashi was affiliated with them so he went to jail and then he got let out of jail so he's now known as the biggest rat because apparently he snitched on like seven or eight people and like gave them life Mm. and so that's why he's out and that's why he has to like hide it be protected now um but that i think that was a rico case where they could prove he's affiliated with this blood gang so anyways this whole ysl group is, is is down there's like 15 of them and guys are slowly getting let out 
So when they get out, people have no respect for them anymore because they know how they got out. Right. And Gunna just got released like a couple weeks ago. And um, he made a post, whatever, he made an Instagram post and like everybody unfollowed him. He's Gunna, like a year ago, he was like one of the biggest artists in the, in rap. And now he's like one of the most hated over the last couple weeks because mm. everybody knows he likely snitched on Young Thug to right. get out. Isn't it funny that most of the people that are upset are probably like white people from the suburbs? Yeah, totally. Like, yo, man, you're going to snitch on your boys? Yeah, like, yeah. hey, man, you would too. Like, in, even in my head, I'm thinking like, I might snitch. Well, and that's <laughs> that's why I bring this all up is the, the fundamental question of, can you imagine, it, it's like instant gratification to affiliate yourself with a gang. Right. It's so cool to be like, yo, Pyru Blood, what's up? Yeah. Get led into the clubs, like, you know, it's because you got these fucking kingpins behind you. Yeah, like, you can rock a red bandana, this and that. It's so cool, instant gratification, but when they go down, like, you have that fundamental question. Right. When you're sitting in that cell, maybe you're still gangster after the first few days, right. but a month in, you're like, okay. This sucks. I, I didn't do the crime. I actually didn't do anything wrong. I'm just an artist who, like, has some good connections with these gangbangers. I could either just rot away in here, rot my life away, life out the window for loyalty, for respect, or I could like snitch and be like, look, this motherfucker did it. I didn't do <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. And I could lose all the loyalty, all the respect, right. but I can at least have a second lease at life. Right. It's like, what do you do? Well, first thing is you don't put yourself in that position. You don't yeah. roll with those guys unless you're one of them. And like, he was a guy like Takashi Six Nine who grew up in the suburbs. That's what I was gonna say. He started rapping in high school and yep. like you know. Yeah. So like the the reason Goggins can do what Goggins does is because he grew up in hell. The reason those gangsters are the gangsters they are is because they probably grew up in hell. They grew up in rough areas where at a whatever age nine you might have a gun on you, yeah. or your dad might have a gun, or you don't have a dad. Like it's they grew up in a certain setting that molded them into these like gangsters where it's like ride or die. Yeah. I'll go to jail with you for life. Yeah, you die for it. You basically sign your soul to the devil yeah. and be like, this is life. Right. But these like fluffy rappers who are like, Hey, can I like roll with you guys? Yeah. They don't have that core principle. Cause they didn't grow up that way. <laughs> They're like, I'm tapping out. Get me the yeah. fuck out of here. I'm a snitch on whoever you want. So yeah, I think number one, just know who you are. Yeah. Know that you didn't grow up that way. Yeah. It's cool to rap that way. But as soon as you roll with them and you go to jail, are you ready for that? Yeah. Like, and it's also stupid for the rappers to be involved in it, but maybe it helped them grow their fucking brand well i think with this ysl case like 80 percent of them are actually like like rough dudes right. who are like affiliated with murder this ysl case went down for being responsible for like 30 some murders wow. and like calling hits on people and getting people killed but the other like 20 percent like gunna and some of these people yeah it's like you just you have to be smarter yeah and it's there's, and it's funny nowadays, there's just video and evidence of everything, but there's videos surfacing of like Gunna and these like rap videos from like four years ago. And he's just like, you're like, I would never snitch, like yeah, snitch course. on my boys, this and that. Right. And it's like all these people out here like snitching. And it's like, bro, it's like, wait until you're in that chair. Wait until you're in that position. Bro, talking and walking are two different things, yeah. man. You know, it's like when you're talking all that tough shit on like rap songs, then when it comes to actually yeah. walking the walk, it's like, I, we talked about this in the, the, the long lost episode. Um, it's so much easier to talk about doing a marathon. It's so much easier to talk yeah. about doing these big goals. It's exciting. Yeah. Like you literally get 
the same chemicals as you were to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And so like, sometimes it's like this weird mind fuck. Like even when I talk about doing the marathon on the podcast, like I probably sound like a little bit excited because there's chemicals in my brain being like, yeah, good job, man. You're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just sitting here in a car talking. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's like Goggins <laughs> talked about that. It's like people talk about being a Navy SEALs. They talk about being this badass dude, but when you're by yourself and you're at a mile 30, like where are you at? You going to keep going? Like, it's like with those rap songs. It's really cool to have your boys with you in a nice studio with the music and the headphones on. But when you're in a prison cell, walking what you talked about in your rap song, where are you at? Yeah. You okay with that? You start thinking differently. Like, yeah. your, your kid, like, like your kids, what your future could have been. Yeah. Like, it's just being like legitimately willing to die for something is something most people don't have in them, man. No, like, man. Like, I, I don't want that life at all, man. Oh, like, man. looking over my shoulder all the time. Like, I... <clears throat> can I talk about this? There's a certain thing that I did a long time ago. I might've talked about it already. Just say allegedly. Can I, is, is that how it works? I should <laughs> I talk know, to man. some I'm of my lawyer. police friends. I don't know if I want to talk about it. Cause does it involve a fight? No, it involves, um, stealing. I went to BC and then I came back. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> allegedly I went to BC and I came back. And I remember being in my house in Warman and I, my, my neighbor, uh, was a mechanic and he worked on a lot of the police cars there. And so I'm sitting in my house after going to BC and coming back <laughs> and I see a police car drive up to my neighbor's driveway, bro. My heart exploded. Oh, I was like, Oh no. I just had this feeling of like, oh, you're bro. fucked. And I, I just, everything stopped. Yeah. I, Cause I realized I'm not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> like I literally was like, that was one of those moments where I was like, I'm not that guy. Yeah, yeah. I am not doing this life. Uh, yeah. Like some people, yeah, they're like sneaking around. They'll go to clubs and fucking <clears throat> deal shit. Not me. Yeah. Not that guy. Oh, and so yeah, man. that was literally the, what I needed to see to be like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, not worth it's it. Done. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah, that was one of those things where like in theory talking about it, you know, is fucking great, you know? And then all of a sudden you start to walk and you start to do it and you're like, yeah. Mm-mm, not yeah. for me. I yeah. don't got the stomach for this, yeah. man. Oh man. I hear you. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, on to the next topic. Um, Francis Ngano, you know, he's released from the UFC. Yeah, I see that. So do you know kind of the negotiations and how that went down? Uh, a little bit. I caught wind of a little bit, but not that much. So he had a... Th- they were offering him a three fight deal. He was going to get paid 8 million to fight John Jones. Um, so, you know, like pretty, pretty damn good contract, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, they couldn't come to terms. He's now a free agent. There's three things that he wanted. He wanted to have the only way he was going to sign is to have an in cage sponsor Yep. to have health insurance. And the third thing was fighter advocate representative for all UFC fighters, which is to me, like a big ask. It basically like that one is a big ask. Yeah, the, the third one's a big ask. The other two, it's like, like health insurance. Health insurance in the spot. I don't know, man. It's like, like yeah, I don't know. The health insurance. Give them health. Give insurance. them health insurance. Like, give them health insurance. They, they already bend rules for fighters. Like that one guy, they gave him camo shorts. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bryce Mitchell. Yep, yep. It's like, hey, nobody's allowed to have like anything but what you give him. But this guy just keeps asking for camo shorts, so he gets his own like shorts. Right. It's like give Francis 
fucking cup condom depot on his, yeah. on his butt. Yeah, like, if he wants cares? a little extra cash from sponsorship, like, <clears throat> give it to him. The guy fucking, like, bear crawled across Africa to get here. <laughs> what else does he have to do? <laughs> like, if you if you haven't heard his story, go listen to it on Rogan's podcast. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. It's crazy. Like, give the guy, a, you yeah. know, although $8 million is sweet, but give the guy a sponsor. What does it hurt? Like, that. I think that champions should be allowed that regardless. Like, I think if you're a champion or a belt holder, mm. I don't know, man, I, you made it to the top. You should have some freedom to be like, I'm going to capitalize on this. I finally played the game well. I got to the top. Let me reap the benefits because I'm not going to last here forever. Let me fucking take, squeeze this lemon as much as I can. I like that. Once you're a champion, you can like maybe have sponsors on your shorts. Yeah. It's like give the champion the the golden ticket to, yeah. to have some, some say it's like in Cuba when, um, the, uh, like the wrestling program yeah. that what's his name? Uh, Joel Romero. Joel Romero. Like if you were number one in the wrestling squad, yeah. you got to eat more food. Yeah. Like the, the number one guy gets more. That's how the world works. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, and I don't know, in my mind, yeah, just give him the sponsor, give him the health benefits. And that would have been the biggest fight of 2023. Yeah. John Jones, France. UFC would have made so much money yeah. on that, bro. I would love to see that fight. But the thing is, it's like, I don't like the, the third one is a big ask. Like how many fighters are in the UFC? Five, 600. Like you're so asking many. for a lawyer for all UFC fighters to basically negotiate for them. And you know, right. It's like, that's, that's a tough one, man. Yeah. Like maybe ask for your own lawyer or like all the, you know, right. Nigerian yeah, yeah. fighters or something, yeah. but it's like, Hey man, like, right. do you not want to get a deal done here? That's just it, man. <laughs> and maybe, maybe he doesn't like, maybe yeah. he just didn't care about it enough to be like, he's like, I'm just going to ask so much. Cause I don't really care. Like I can be a free agent and go fight, um, bare knuckle. How about bare knuckle? Yeah. Well, I saw the post where it was like Francis made $600,000 fighting this one guy. It was like a title fight. And then, um, Chad Mendez first bare knuckle fight, $600,000. So it's just some UFC fighter who wasn't a champion, hasn't fought in a while. First fight, same money as a UFC champion. Yeah. You're kind of like, all right, man, yeah. what's going on? And one, one championship too. Francis should go there. And also I think historically the bigger fighters tend to get paid more like a, right, a flyweight yeah, sure. title fight isn't the same as a heavyweight title for fight. sure for sure so that's another argument for that huh interesting um okay this is my last little uh okay did you see the video of nelly on drugs uh nelly band like band-aid nelly yeah no there's a video of him performing like one of his old songs on stage and like recently, is he like still recent, performing? Yeah. How fucking old is he? Uh, I don't know. He's probably like 40, early forties. I'd yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. But Crazy. a lot of people think he's like possessed by the devil because his eyes are kind of rolling back. You know, all like the conspiracy theorists of like the lizard yeah, shapeshifters. Yeah. Yeah. His eyes are kind of like rolling back and he has this like really evil grin on him. <laughs> and he, and he does some weird hand signs where he like does an all seeing eye and he does like the horns and then he raps. You know, that, that, that's so funny, dude. I just was picturing like, I don't know, just some guy like <laughs> getting fucked up in his basement watching like Illuminati videos. And then when he gets all fucked up, he's like trying to be one of them and like, just looks like shit. You know? And it, it's a little creepy. Like he looks evil with his smile huh. and like, he clearly does this. Like, and then his raps and he's like doing this and it's like, right. what are you doing, man? Yeah. But at the same time, you're on a lot of Molly. Yeah. Or you're on a lot of ecstasy. Something. Cause like, you can see like, he's just, he, you, he's yeah. got that feeling of like, right. like that deep breath feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
he's looking around and he's rapping like shit and his <laughs> eyes are rolling back and you're like man this guy is tweaking fuck man it's so interesting hey like sometimes like i remember hearing like songs with like madonna and like just random songs where they would have like these um again when you're like diving into the illuminati shit like you're just looking for it you know and so when they would say certain things you're like oh they fucking they're part of the illuminati but like i don't know they might just be like fucking I don't know, maybe they saw the same video I did. Now they're trying to be like, you know, like it's show a little hand gestures, be like, I'm part of a thing, like triangle, like LeBron James always doing this. Everyone's yeah, exactly. like, oh, he's part of the yeah. Illuminati. I'm like, no, maybe he just fucking, that's his thing. Maybe he saw the same video you did and he wants to be cool. He's like, hey, Illuminati, like pick me. It's like confirmation bias. If you start to believe in shapeshifters and Freemasons and, and Illuminati, you'll see symbolism, symbolism everywhere. everywhere. Bro, like, if you were, uh, we talked about this, like I remember when I was super into that, I was like maybe 20 or 21. If I saw like a concrete company with a triangle on their logo, I'm like, you fucking lizard people. And they would just be pouring some guy's driveway, working their ass off. And in my head, I'm like these snake motherfuckers. <laughs> it's funny though. Like I think people definitely leverage that because they know it gets attention. Right. Like I was working out last week and <clears throat> an old Drake and Jay-Z song came on that I hadn't heard in years called Freemason. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's all about like, conspiracy yep. and, and that sort of thing the illuminati right and there was it's so smart for them to leverage that because there's probably so many people that are like hey did you hear that new song and they're like breaking it down on youtube videos for of why sure. these guys are in the illuminati yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's like that whole concept of any kind of publicity is good publicity right. so it's like hey believe what you want we're fucking shape-shifting freemasons well it, i don't even i don't even know the backstory i don't <laughs> follow it too much but like um andrew tate would always like he'd sit here like this and people kept trying to break that down and just recently i saw him get hauled out of this thing like in cuffs and he's still like there there's two cops on each side of him they kind of have their arms locked and you could tell they're kind of like trying to like they're trying to control him a little bit and he's desperately trying to fucking <laughs> keep, his, keep his symbol together you know what that i was is? like bro just relax for a little bit i just learned about that Mike Rashid is all into that now. He's all like spiritual and shit. Oh yeah, okay. I think they're called mundras or mundras. Uh, different hand s signals. So like people will sit like this. Right. Or people will sit like, like, like they like do different things right. with their hands. And it's, I don't know much about it. I read a brief thing on it, but it's supposed to, uh, I don't know. Like, do you know what it does? Some of them are like confident. Some of them are like bring out an energy of spirit. Oh, do you know what it does? What? nothing yeah doesn't do anything <laughs> how you sit there like that it, it's almost <laughs> like a, it, well, it, you're, you're probably right i mean let's be honest so what, how sure are you are you 79 percent sure it's bullshit i think it's i think it's like a something that's like from way back like people have been doing this for like thousands of years and it's it's almost like yoga yeah well that's what it, i was like posture and like when when you're when you meditate like i've i have heard that there's energy's real right there's something to do when you touch like this that is something to do with energy don't yeah. know what it is but i i know there is something to like there's something there just don't know one thing if you're interviewing me for a job and i'm sitting to you talking right. like this all hunched over am i going to be more confident like sitting like this like 
right. way up with high posture, probably. Yeah. Could you imagine like just doing like what Andrew Tate did? Because then people would be like, man, this fucking Tate follower, I'm not hiring it's you. It's like, don't be that obvious right. though, hey, yeah. where your legs are just spread like three feet apart and you got this big triangle. Well, that, that was a thing. Cause like when, yeah, when Tate was getting hauled off and he was like trying to maintain his like sh- shit, like he could tell yeah. he was like trying to be sturdy with it. I'm like, okay, hey, now it just looks silly. You know what it reminded me of is when it's really cold outside and people are dressed really nice, but it's not for the weather. Yeah. You went from look, dressing nice indoors. Now you just look stupid. Yeah. Like some, some girl just shivering at the fucking like, corner. I saw a guy the other day dressed to the nines, clearly cared about what he was wearing, freezing his ass off on the suffering. corner. And I'm like, you dumbass. Suffering. Now you look dumb. Yeah. Like put a fur toque on. Yeah. I don't care, but just stand there chill. Cause you dressed properly. This is Canada. Yeah, man. On that, just little, we're on the conspiracy note, we're on the Andrew Tate thing, just to finish this off. I seen a video, you know, he obviously got picked up by whatever it was, the DEA, FBI, whatever, hauled away in that van. There's a video where people have a conspiracy that like this, like, is this whole thing a setup or something? It's kind of weird. There's, they picked him up in the van and they, they put him in the back and they left the side door open. Okay. And then the van kind of pulled away to like an angle and there was somebody in black with like a face mask on with a big camera that um, was like videotaping to see him in there. And then after the video, he was on video, they like shut the door and drove away. I, I, I don't really understand it, but is the fact that the person driving the vehicle wanted to keep the door open to get him on video... I don't know. Maybe it's like part of the FBI protocol is they need to like have certain amount of proof right. that he's in there. But what well, I think what's happened, like it, it could be all a setup just to keep our attention away from all the politicians and rich people, fucking kids. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I think that like, again, we've, we've been knowing about this for so long. They like went to court, but nothing is happening. And I just, everyone keeps like, I keep seeing posts of like, Hey, we haven't forgotten like what's going on here. You guys are literally protecting pedophiles and people that are like in charge of like child sex rings. And it's like, oh, Andrew Tate, get that yeah, guy. Yeah. Everyone just looks over there. Yeah, that's true. Eh? So yeah, part of me is like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I have like, don't forget about that part. But, no, nothing surprises me these days. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what percentage I would give the Andrew Tate being a, like if that was like all just like a big setup. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, would he be a part of the setup? Like, is he wanting that just to like put more eyes on him or did somebody set him up exactly. to put eyes on exactly. him? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Anyway. Mormon's got a Starbucks now. Do you really? Right by my house. It's, it's not quite done, but all the signs are up like drive through big. It's right by the McDonald's. Huh? Yeah. We'll go on that. But is it, a, is it really aggressive to say fucking kids? That sounded really aggressive. And now I kind of feel bad, but it's like, it's sometimes it's I don't true. want to beat around the bush. It's true. Like, you know how they say like, we shouldn't call them pedophiles. We should call them people that like, um, like, uh, attract a, a tra- man. There's like a fucking term for it, a woke term. Instead of pedophiles, you need to call them like, I don't know what it was. Uh, if we had more time, I'd Google it, bro. It's real. Like, don't call them pedophiles. Call them like young, attracted to young people, people. Yeah. Like something yeah, stupid yeah. like that. I'm like, to all right. them. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. I think sometimes you have to call it what it is and it sounds vulgar and it sounds coarse, but it's like the, the act itself is way worse Dude. than how it sounds. So like, let's not sugarcoat it here. Yeah, man. And I, it's, 
there's a girl that uh, she's a social worker that I know and she was like doing these presentations and she said so many people are trying to tiptoe around the word suicide because they think it's triggering. She's like, no, what's triggering is not allowing kids to actually say that and then they hide behind their actual emotions and feelings around it. If you make the term suicide just real, say it up front. Are you thinking about suicide? They know what that means instead of being like, I kind of feel sad today. You're like, how sad? Like say the goddamn word, mm-hmm. you know? So sometimes I think those, the language we need to like hang on to, they got meaning behind it, Yeah, you know, that's it. I guess now we don't even have to worry about an hour either. Hey. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess, but, but I'm done anyway. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. Episode 96. Okay. Let's end this properly. Do I hit that one? <laughs> yes. Okay.